1: Harry Kane is the top scorer in the Champions League so far. Tottenham Hotspur are also joint top of Champions League Group H. Nobody gave us a chance. We have the last word on Spurs in our stoppage time special. Kane,
2: pass the keeper, and it it just takes the one chance for Harry Kane. Here's Kane, chance, goal. That's his currency, and right now there is no one better at it.
1: Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Guys, you can follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram too. Guys, you should also now be able to hear the podcast on a range of different audio platforms including Audioboom, iTunes and Acast. So, Tonight, I'm delighted to say we are going to be talking about that huge result in Europe against Apoel. Delighted to say on the show tonight, we have Mr. Jason McGovern back with us. Jason, how are you?
2: Delighted, mate, with the with the three points and the hat-trick last night.
1: Yeah, what a game, what a result. We're going to be talking all about that. And joining Jason tonight, returning to the show, we have Mr. Ian Gunn with us. Ian, how are you?
0: I'm very well, Rick, and... Uh... As we've said before, running out of superlatives to uh, to describe our uh, Mr Kane, so uh, I'm sure that'll come up tonight.
1: It will do, and I think you have to find some more in the next hour, as hard as that's going to be, honestly, in tremendous form, isn't he? And finally, last but certainly not least, joining the panel tonight, delighted to have him back on the show, Jamie Brown, the creator of the Daily Hotspur.
3: Jamie, how are you? Uh, thank you very much for having me back on. Um, obviously, three wins in three since we last spoke, so yeah. Very good time to be a Spurs fan again.
1: Very good time, Jamie. I think you've timed your return perfectly. Yes. Has not been yes. too bad at all. So, guys, where to start? Let's go first to you then, Jace. A thoroughly professional job executed by Pochettino Spurs with Harry Kane shining on Europe's top stage. What did you make of the performance against Applewell
2: I thought, uh, you know, we, we um, <clears throat> was a bit sluggish at the start. But, I mean, in fairness, that's probably down to the... To the team selection we all knew it was going to be difficult to to get that right we all knew that there would be one or two square pegs in round holes somewhere along the line and that it, it would be hard to get going and I don't think any of us probably saw the back five with with Aurier right and Trippier on the left I thought I think probably most of us thought if it was going to be a back five it would be fourth coming in and and Davis staying out on the left and I think Trippier being out on that side you know for me it, it doesn't quite work because he always wants to cut inside and, and every time the ball came to him he, he didn't really want to run forward with it so it was always going to be disruptive and I think we, we just kind of had to understand that but over the over the 90 minutes it's quite strange because Applewell surprised me in that they didn't probably defend as well as I expected them to but coming forward they were a lot more of a threat than, than I expected them to be and, and probably over the 90 minutes they had as many good chances to score and good opportunities to score from as, as we did but, of course, we, we had Kane, uh, world-class Kane, top-class Kane, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> we, we, had, we had the top man, and, and the quality of his finishing was, was really, was the big difference between the sides. And, and probably for the last 20, 25 minutes, we, we looked quite comfortable with our lead at that point. But that first, you know, the first half when they hit the bar and, and had a free header, and, and early in that second half, uh, whilst it was only 1-0, it, was, it wasn't the most comfortable evening for
0: us.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, Jason. I think the scoreline somewhat flattered Tottenham. Let's come over to you, Ian. What was your thoughts on the game? Do you echo Jason's?
0: Yeah, most definitely. You know, and I'm sitting there watching it and thinking, you know, this has this this isn't going the way that we all expected. I think that there were some members of the you know the Spurs fan base who thought it would being a bit of a walkover, but I think you know that they, I think they 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 got beat in the first leg. Um, on the first round in, in, in Madrid was it three nil? So you know that, that for them was probably a decent result. So, so coming to you know coming to their home ground um, and coming up against what was a you know a, a makeshift Spurs lineup. I, I knew it would be tough. Uh, I didn't think it would be a, a walk in the park and as Jason said it, it, it was a you know at the start of the game, you know, I thought we might have we might struggle here, and then, you know, old um, our, our friend uh, Monsieur Larice has his moment of madness, and I'm thinking <laughs> this 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 has this this has the potential to be a bit of a banana skin for us. But as but as Jason said, you know, we have in 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 Harry Kane, you know, I think that um, you know it's getting to the stage where I'm struggling to think of a. Of a better centre forward that I've seen, in, in in certainly in my lifetime, supporting Spurs. I'm I'm just a tad too young to remember Jimmy Greaves and his pomp, but uh, you know I think that um, yeah, fantastic performance from from Kane, and and a, and, a, and quite a professional performance from the team. You know once they got ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, what I will say is clinical from Tottenham, it, it really, really was. Before we go into that debate about Kane, because Ian, you've hit the nail on the head in terms of what I'm going to ask tonight. I want to come across to you, Jamie, just to kind of get your review on the game firstly. What was your thoughts on
3: it? Yeah, I think um, it was, as we said, it was a banana skin game. So we're obviously missing the number of players. So I think to come away with the three points, um, well, it's, it's, it's good. So um, I said before the game, I'd take a 1-0, um, obviously seeing the line-up, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've been missing key players like Christian Eriksen and Ali and, and Matong and, and obviously our 2 central midfielders. So we're really limited, but um, it was always going to be tough. And I think under the circumstances, we've done really well to come away with three points there.
1: Yeah, we have indeed. We really have. Coming back around to you, jace I mean, when we looked at the team when it first came out, it, you have to say it was a makeshift, wasn't it? I mean, he, Pochettino, for all his worth, he's tried his best in that lineup, Jace, to field the quality of players rather than maybe looking at the players that will maybe fit the positions best when you look at it. I mean, we had Trippier starting up at left wing-back. We had Aurea on the right. We had Winks and Sonny in there. Great to see Winks back. What did you make of the formation, Jace, when you first saw it? Was you a little bit concerned as to how we might line up?
2: I wasn't, wasn't so much concerned at the formation. I think it was just the, the personnel, as I said. I think I, I thought we'd go with a back four. And um, I thought he might end up playing Lorente up front with Kanan and behind him almost in the 10-roll. But whichever formation he picked, we like I say, we knew it was mm. going to be a disruptive one. Yep. I thought maybe if we were going to go with, with the three at the back system without being able to drop Eric Dyer into it, uh, it, then it would probably mean fourth coming in for it. But, you know, whether he deemed him too young, and I think possibly we thought if Davies is going to play in the back three, it probably means that Walker-Peters will go on the left. But As I say, I don't think anyone had Ori and Trippier down as the two sided wing, the two sides of the wing backs, and for me, there was uh, square pegs in round holes never quite work. And as I say, Trippier didn't quite work on the left hand side, and I think by doing that and moving Davis into the centre-back role, you lost a little bit of the momentum that Davis has been giving us going forward and, and his quality into the box. Although, in fairness to Trippier, the one decent ball that came into the box in that first half was was his ball into Sonny. But yeah, it wasn't so much the formation. I thought it, it's a question of whichever players go out there, if they play well and they do the jobs they've been given to do, even if one or two of them aren't in their natural positions, we should have enough about us to win this game which which we did and that that was the main thing for me but you know the formation wasn't to me it wasn't the the be all and end all although we did play a lot better when we did switch I thought to the to the back four but maybe that's because Oreo went off who wasn't having the, the best game anyway
1: Coming over to you Ian, it was a youthful bench from Spurs due to injuries We had Giorgio making his first ever um, match day appearance Who came on later on We had the likes of Lorente, Some really good experience on that bench Who has shown in the last couple of games That he's proved vital to Spurs in order to hold up play You know, waste that little bit of time When you need that bit of grain craft It's been great to see I want to whisper this quite carefully But when you look at that Spurs eleven last night I mean, bearing in mind Jamie picked up on it We had seven players out Still a lot of quality out there, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, and I and I think that um, again, you know, I'll whisper this quietly as well. <laughs> I thought that in 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 patches, I thought Moussa Sissoko had a had a, a reasonable game as well, mm-hmm. as did yeah. as as did Harry Winks. It was great to see him there. Um, you know, sometimes I have to sort of pinch myself to, to, to remember that he's that he's only 21, yeah, 20, um, yeah. he's, he only twenty one. Yeah, 21. And he and, and he's sort of. He sort of, he's sort of the way he sort of like dictates the play, um, you know, it, it is a joy to watch. But, uh, yeah, we, we now do have quality, and, and it's interesting that, 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 you know, Jason's picked up on it just previously there. When we did change to, to, to a 4 4 2 and Lorente came on, I thought it was so telling that for, for Harry Kane's second goal, Lorente's got two, um, Defenders around him, and Kane has, has has managed to find space just on the 18-yard box where he picks the ball up from, you know, from Sissoko and slots it in, and I and I think that that is a fantastic um, addition, you know, that, that that we've made in in Llorente because, you know, he, he is a very very experienced uh, player in 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 these European competitions, and. Um, you know, I think he'd he'd be a handful for any defence. And then when you put him on, and you've got Kane just slotted in the background, it's obviously a bit of a nightmare for defences because who who do you go with? Do you, do, you know, do do you yeah. try and do one on one? You know, and then you think to yourself, well, the, the the form that that these people are in, you know, are, are we going to get punished? So, you know, they they went for two on on Llorente and they still got punished. You know, so. You know, but but from a squad point of view, I know we've said it. You know, I know we've said it privately. Um, you know before that. Um, you know we, we we've always bemoaned you know perhaps the lack of quality on the bench, um, and now you know we, we are getting to see that quality when we need it, um, and especially last night when, as you said, there were so many people out, either injured or suspended.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want mean, you to consider as well the likes of Anthony Giorgio who came off the bench, made his first appearance for the club. Anton Walks has just signed a new deal this evening, so it'll be tomorrow, your time, guys, when this podcast goes out. I mean, Pochettino clearly has that faith in the youth, very much does so. Jamie, I want to bring it to the game itself. Harry Kane, the first goal. Now, it's funny, just before that, you would argue that Spurs were maybe lacking a bit of rhythm in the game, lacking the likes of Christian Eriksen and Ali making the runs, but Kane... Jamie, the clinical nature of him at the moment, that first goal dispatched with ease, wasn't it? And it
3: really got us on mm. our way. Yeah, it was a great goal. I mean, um, the pass beforehand from Alderweireld, just typical um, long ball uh, long ball down the, um, from the end of the pitch and just picking out Kane. And yeah, the way he just, he, he turned it across his body and then, yeah, just so clinical one-on-one. Um I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just it's impossible to to describe him anymore. So it's just his goal scoring record is is phenomenal, um, and it just shows how clinical he is, really.
1: Yeah, just on Kane, Jamie, as I got you here, because I feel like you're the mm. in terms of your age, you feel you're, you seem quite young to me. Is yes. he the greatest ever goal scorer you've seen play for Tottenham in your lifetime?
3: Oh what? Well, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it, you know, there's obviously the closest to come would be Bale, but um, for me, even. Even Harry Kane, I think he's surpassed him now. I mean, his goal-scoring record is just incredible. I mean, um, even even this season, it's been like um, in his last uh, nine away games, he scored like 19 goals. So, for club and country, so just you know, it just speaks for itself how how quite how good he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's frightening, isn't it? Nine hat tricks for Tottenham in mean, all competitions. Yeah. He's only ever scored four in a single game once before. Seven goals in five Champions League appearances. Jay, I want mm. to bring it back round to you. We lauded Harry Kane on Monday night's pod. And I'm just trying to kind of steer away from that tonight to try and go like a different angle for it. Now, you've heard Jamie there of a different age to yourself in terms of saying that, look, he's the best in my lifetime. Jase, how far off is he, in your opinion, to being recognised in the same breath by you?
2: Well, I have to be honest. I think in the... I mean, I first went to Tottenham in 76, so I caught the, the very last appearance, if you like, of Martin Chivers. And from that moment on he's probably the, the best one that, that I've known in my 40 years. Um, I've seen Lineker, Clive Allen. Um, you know, I've seen some great strikers in that time. Klinsman, Teddy Sheridan, Keynes. You know, they, they've all scored lots of goals for Tottenham. But without a doubt, Kane is, is the best one that that I've seen. And he probably is now, you know, other than... I, I didn't see Bobby Smith and I didn't see Jimmy Greaves. And, and they're the, the players that are associated with 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 the most successful era the club had in those 60s so you know you'd need somebody probably 60 years old to work that one out but he's definitely the best one that i've known in in my lifetime that's for sure
1: yeah i mean just because of the nature again jason the second and third goal the way he's now dispatching the goals and again we say it all the time that he has got such a variation of his finishes would you go along jason say for you at the moment is he on the same level before gareth bow departed or how do you see that? If
2: I asked you that question, um, he probably, all right, albeit a slightly different style, but probably he's he's on that same profile level now as Bale. Bell. Bell was winning what was was winning Player of the Year and Young Player of the Year. He was scoring hat tricks in Champions League games, and and he was seen as a man that would would lead Tottenham from that moment on. So yes, you know, it doesn't surprise me that any club. Would be interested in him. And if I was sitting at, at Real Madrid tonight and, I, and I'd think, is he better than Benzema? Yes. Is he better than Higuain? Yes. Is he better than you know any of those types of players? There's probably very few clubs wouldn't want him. Maybe Bayern wouldn't be with Lewandowski, but he's he certainly appears to be on that level at the moment. So yeah, he probably is at, at, at that stage of his career. Ian,
1: just in regards to the point that Jason said there about the same level as Bao, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Are you along the same kind of lines as that? Would it be different to you in terms of your opinion? on
0: that matter? Um, I think with, with with Gareth Bale, he had that lightning pace. Um, his goals were often more spectacular. I, you know, there was, there was quite a lot of long-range efforts, I remember, towards the end of his career at Tottenham. All I would say with Harry Kane is, is, is I'm reminded of, 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 of a statement that I think, was it, Bill Nick said when he was talking about Jimmy Greaves, and he said that you know with Jimmy his, his his greatest sort of asset was the fact that he'd that he passed the ball into the net, and I and and I know and I noticed that yesterday with with his first two was that he didn't leather it, you know that it was just a really clinical pass into a part of the net that the goal he couldn't get to. And and I think that, you know, I know Greaves, he won loads, but, you know, going back to the Gareth Bale scenario, I think that, you know, I would agree wholeheartedly with Jason that he is now at that level. Um, I'd say he wasn't up with Messi and Ronaldo yet, but he's not far off it, um, you know, so... You know, as a Spurs fan, I'm just loving every nanosecond of of the time I see him on the pitch.
1: Yeah, amen to that. Really, amen. Um, I want ask you, Jamie, now. We've heard today, tonight, that the player himself, Harry, has said that he's opening up a shrine to all the goal-scoring memorabilia trophies that he's winning. With that being the case, from a Spurs perspective... Have we got to maybe look at the, the way structure in the near future for Kane to try and obviously make sure that he's going to be a Tottenham player for many, many years to come? Because there's no doubt from what we've seen from Kane, what he said so far, he absolutely does love the club. And everything about the club is going the right direction, Jamie. You look at the stadium, you look at Tottenham as a club with the manager, the way we are, you know, year after year now, going for the Premier League. You've seen our signings this summer, they've been ambitious players. What do we need to do, Jamie, to convince him even further that Spurs is the right club for him? Or do you think everything is on track for him to know that already?
3: Um, I wouldn't say... With, with some players, I wouldn't say it's so much all about the money. I think there are some players that look part... You know, think a certain amount of money is enough. Um, obviously, there's very few mm. um, in the modern day football. But I think the key with Kane will be... Um, Providing him with regular Champions League football, um, and I think um, trophy is going to have to come soon. I think, um, but look, I mean, I think just the way he is and the fact that he grew up with our academy, I think he, you know, his heads his heads in the right place, and I think I personally think that he'll be here for a very long time. Um, yeah, so I just I think it's mo- mostly about the football and what we can offer him in terms of. Um, the standard of football that we're playing here at Tottenham.
1: Yeah, because I mean, we are coming over to you, Jace, We are regularly, we are regularly competing for us, aren't we? Let's be honest. We got to the last four of the FA Cup last year, semi-finals, Champions League. Look, we're progressing nicely. Premier League. No one can argue, Jace, We are challenging. You know, second. You no, know, last year we're showing that ambition. Is there anything else, Jace, We need to do in your opinion?
2: I think the important thing for us, certainly over the next two or three years, is to make him believe that we are challenging. For, top, for the top honours I don't mean challenging for a League Cup I mean he goes into a season and thinks If I play well this season We'll still be in the Champions League And we'll be in a title race Whether we get across the line or not is different As long as he feels the club is, is ambitious in that respect I think if you say to him Harry do you want to finish sixth but win a League Cup Then then he'll think that's that's really not what I want to do I'd, I'd like a League Cup But the important thing is that, that position That I feel we can play Champions League football in and I think on his salary, I think it's a case of he probably knows that we can't get anywhere near the, the levels of the, the mega clubs. But I think we we shouldn't abuse that. And I think if if we look at it roughly now, and, and, and his reported wage is what hundred thousand pound a week. And let's be fair, he could get three hundred grand a week from somewhere else. So he's on a third of what he could earn elsewhere. I think if Daniel Levy sat with him over the next few months. And tries to get him up from a third of what he could be on elsewhere to half of what he could be on elsewhere. And then probably at the end of that first season at, at White Hart Lane, try and get him on to two thirds of what he could be elsewhere. And then he'd probably have to say, look, th- that's the best we can do. But at least Kane would feel that, OK, I could earn something elsewhere, but I'm not I'm not on a ridiculously low salary compared to what I could be elsewhere. And I think that's that's all you can do for him. But... I don't worry about him long-term. I, I think he'll be there as long as we keep progressing as a club for for three, four years, something like that. And it will. then, if we haven't won anything and we, 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 we're we starting to go backwards and we don't look like we can compete for titles, then it might be a case of him thinking enough's enough. But I don't see that happening for a long time yet, despite the media attempting to sell him off at every opportunity.
0: Colin, could I just ask a question? And Please, this, yes. this, is, this is for yourself and for the other... Uh, my other colleagues on the pod. Yeah. Do you think that secretly, do you think Kane has an eye on the Alan Shearer record? Do you, do you think he'd, he'd want to, to sort of like be known as the best ever Premier League striker? Or am I'm I just making that up? No,
1: I mean, I, I agree with you. And I think that could have an element to it. I mean, I look at him as a player... And I, He's not once we've seen the likes of Gareth Bale in the past hint at he wants to move to you know to Spain or whatever. I mean, Kane, to be honest with you, he's never seen to approach any interview like that to say that he's looking for a move abroad. I mean, he seems to, everything he says seems to be that he loves Tottenham. The Premier League is his bread and butter. We're seeing that week in, week out. We've seen him win two golden boots in a row in the Premier League. I mean, I agree with you, And There could be a potential that he just wants Alan Shearer's record and wants to win trophies. And why not? Spurs can't deliver that to him. I mean, Jamie, would you go along with that? What do you think?
3: Yeah, I'd agree, actually. Um, I think that he'd, I think he'd be wanting to go for that. Um, and I think, well, obviously looking at Alan Shearer's record, he's some way off it. But it's definitely achievable. Um and I, I see no reason why he wouldn't he wouldn't be setting his sights on on that sort of level. I mean he obviously grew up watching player like Alan Shearer, so obviously that be you know, that's something he's obviously might have always looked up to. So yeah, I think that would be something that would perhaps keep him at Tottenham um in the for the long future, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean at the moment it's just frightening the stats, isn't it? He scored more goals in twenty seventeen than seven Premier League clubs. If you think that's insane, like I say, as many hat-tricks as Messi, Ronaldo, Lewandowski combined. The last Englishman to score five goals in a Champions League campaign was seven years ago. Harry Kane has done it in just two games. I mean, that tells you something about the guy. We Listen, we speak about him week upon week here, and we are running out of superlatives for him. Fingers crossed he's a Spurs player for many, many years to come. And let's bring it round to Toby Adavirold. now. I'm going to come back around to you, Jace. Jamie picked up on it that you know he played that great assist for Kane's opener, but he did seem a little bit. I don't know if it's this injury he had last year, Jace, He seemed a little bit unnervy at times. Do you think not having the likes of a Tong alongside him? What, what do you think about that?
2: He certainly had by his his extor- his extraordinary high standards. I thought he had a, a disappointing game for Toby. One of the, the the worst games I've seen Toby have. I thought. You know, he didn't close the guy down quick enough who, who smashed a shot against a crossbar. And he allowed a free header from a corner past the post. And then he, he allowed a free header, I think, later on in that half. Or was it in the second half where Guy also got in and behind him with a free header? So um, it, it wasn't Toby's best game. He was alongside Sanchez, in fairness, on his left side, not Yan. Um, so I'm not so sure yen not being there made the big difference. I think what did make the big difference was Aurier seemed to be struggling fitness-wise to get back at times, and so he was having to cover it once or twice more than he probably should have done for, for Aurier not being in the position, and I think that's, that's probably more the cause of it than anything else. But, you know, fortunately, I, I, I certainly hope he... <laughs> I hope he doesn't have a night like that against Real Madrid. And probably if you were going to have a night like that, Apple World's probably not the, the worst time to have it. But no, it was by his own standards, it was it was considerably below below his best.
1: Yeah. Ian, coming back around to you, just very quickly on Old, Fabulous footballer. Is he having to learn a new position though, Ian? Because with Sanchez coming in, it's part of a free now. Is that an argument to say maybe that's why we're seeing not the, the consistent table that we're used to week in, week out?
0: i think that when he you know in in the last few seasons he's he's been in like a settled um defensive sort of lineup um and you know and and it must be quite difficult for him you know to to get settled next to uh you know sanchez but you know like 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 most footballers you know especially somebody that's 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 been sort of born and raised in you know, Ajax's academy. You know, that, you know, he should be good enough to to to, to adapt to any sort of system that, that that we play. He's he's that good a footballer, and you know. And but I do agree with Jason. It wasn't his greatest performance last night. And let's hope that you know, like most of us, we're all entitled to one one or two de- bad days at the office. And let's hope he's got that one out of his system.
1: Yeah, agreeing. He has been fabulous for Spurs just overall in his last couple of years. There's no denying that. So hopefully Toby will return back to the very top form we know very soon. One guy coming over to you, Jamie, that did look really good last night and dubbed the little Iniesta was Harry Winks. I mean, (laughs) undoubtedly one of the highest points of the evening. I mean, for me personally, making those positive runs, the driving runs forward, always keen to be on the ball, always wants to receive it. How good could this guy be for us in the future, Jamie?
3: Well, it's it's just incredible that you know to think he's only twenty-one and how composed he is on the pitch. It's just he plays like, such an experienced player. He's been playing; he looks like he's been playing for years. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it'd be interesting because obviously you've seen the likes of Ryan Mason um, and that's players like that who have obviously come in and done well. So it's just whether Harry Winks can um, you know improve on that. And I and I personally I personally see him better than. Um, players like Ryan Mason, but um, yeah, I mean, just for such a young player, I mean, it's just incredible how experienced he looks, so yeah.
1: Mm, I agree with you, and just coming over to you, Jace, there's something different about Harry Winks in terms of the players that have come through Spurs and haven't made it before. I mean, Winks just genuinely look like he could be the real deal and, you know, we're facing a situation now with Moutinho Dembele, where he's obviously going through a bit of this injury crisis, where week to week, <laughs> it looks like we're going to have to manage him Winks in the background, Jace, he could really find himself to have a big impact this season, potentially.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think if, if Winks plays 20 games, even if he doesn't start 20, he has a, a major part to play in 20 games. I'm convinced he'll go to uh, to Russia next summer with the England World Cup squad.
3: Really?
2: Yeah, I think he's a player, yeah, player that England are, are crying out for. Somebody that can take it off the back four, take it in tight areas and, and move it quickly and, and move it. Move it forwards without just you know hoofing it or or giving it sideways or backwards the whole time and um, you know in, I'll say something really controversial now I think when Jack Wilshere very
1: I knew you were going to say that
2: <laughs> well when Wilshere very first his first year and a half at Arsenal mm. listen, let's be honest he looked a good little player then mm. and after that his, his lack of brains and his lack of uh, and then the injuries kicked in and now. Now you just look at him as almost as a, as a joke Championship footballer. But for that first year and a half, when he first got onto the scene, that, that's exactly what he was doing. And that's when he started to look effective in an England shirt. And sadly, sadly for his part, he, he, you know, that, that whole part of his career has gone. But I think Will, Winks is that type of player. But I think he has more intelligence than Wilshire. And he, he won't get sucked into as many stupid tackles or, or running up as many blind alleys. I think, you know, that, that's the big difference with Winks. And I felt sorry for him just when, when you talked about Hugo earlier. You know, I felt sorry for him with his yellow card last night because there was another... It reminded me of Hugo throwing the ball to Wanyama against Chelsea. He gave it to him in a ridiculous uh, part of the pitch, right in the centre of the pitch with somebody up his, up his backside almost. And you think, you know, what a stupid place to give him. And he ended up getting a, a, a booking. And I'm not so sure he really failed the blow. But I felt a bit sorry for him there. And that's, that's not where you should have been giving him that ball.
1: No, I agree. Uh, coming over to you, Ian, I think like Jamie said it there just recently, he says that he's playing at the moment beyond his years and the irony, like Jason said there, that if he was to go to Russia and Wilshere misses out, would it be the strangest thing in football, would it?
0: No, it wouldn't. And, and I would you know, just like to add to the, to the, to the Harry Winks uh, discussion that um, I'm sure I remember, was it last season or the season before, we were playing away from home. And we were, the, 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 and our opponents were starting to to really put pressure on us. And I think we were in danger of, of, of conceding. And then, you know, we see Winksy's number come up. And I must admit, I looked and I thought, that's a strange substitution. But he, he, he came on the pitch and he totally diffused the, the, the situation. I think we were getting overrun in midfield. And and his, his composure and his intelligence, you know, going what Jason and, and Jamie have said, his composure and his intelligence just sort of, like, seem to calm us all down. I think, you know, I'm probably going to get this totally wrong, but I, I predict a, a really glowing future for, for Harry Winks. You know, if he steers clear of injuries and, and, and he can, can get some decent game time, like he did yesterday, and learn his trade, I can see him being a real star for for, for Tottenham Hotspur and and indeed for England.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're far wrong, Ian. I don't think you're far wrong. Another guy, Ian, I can't believe I'm saying this, because obviously recently on the pod it's been um, a bit of a transformation for this guy and you brought him up at the very start of it. Mouta Sissoko, an assist for him. Does he deserve, Ian, a huge amount of respect for the amount of stick he's taken? The way he's come back fighting to really kind of say, no, listen, I'm going to have a Spurs career. I'm going to really put my balls on the line. And try and work my way back into it. What, what's your feelings on it?
0: Well, I'm, I'm, if, if Jason, you know, doesn't mind, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna use one of his quotes, and, and that is, you don't get fifty odd caps for France and mm. be a bad player. Mm. And I think that, and I think that, you know, and a lot of the times he's been played um, in positions that perhaps hasn't suited his natural game. Um, I think that that his best performances of late. I think it, uh, you know I think Pochettino's played him through the middle, um, and last night you know that, that 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 assist for Kane was 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 neat and tidy. Um, I, there's still an issue for me. Sometimes his control can let him down, but it was interesting that that he did get a, a warm reception when he went off at, at uh, against West Ham. Um, at the weekend, um, because I was one of the ones that clapped him, and I think he got a warm, a, a warm, you know, reception when he when he when he departed the the scene, um, you know, last night. So, uh, you know, I, I I think he's getting there, and you know, and I think that all of this, is it six million in installments or thirty million, you know, I think he he may have struggled to 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 live up to that, but you know, he you know, Potter's kept faith with him, and I think there is a decent footballer in there. That, that, that we hope we can get the best out of.
1: Yeah, I agree. Come over to you, Jamie. I think Potterino has done the right thing with him, hasn't he, recently? He's deliberately seemingly brought him off to try and give him the appreciation of the fans to say, look, that's how much you're being valued at the moment. That's what you're putting in. That's what you're getting back. I mean, Jamie, we can't really fault him recently, can we?
3: Um, no, absolutely not. I mean, um, I'd say there's been a number of factors that have probably helped him, um, helped him in his improvement. I mean... First of all, he's come in and had a full preseason this year, so I think that's really helped him yeah. in terms of fitness and feeling a part of the whole team. Um, and I think the confidence in football is such a big factor. I mean, you look at what happened with like Fernando Torres, an extreme <laughs> example. But what what happened with him? I think it was just, you know, such a talented player, but he was just lacking in confidence. And I think it's the same with Sissoko. Um, I've always seen him as a very talented player, but. It's just that confidence, and I absolutely agree. I mean, bringing him off and getting the reception from the fans, that's obviously well, it just seems to have boosted his confidence, because it's been massively improved this year.
1: Yeah, it really it has been. Him. No, I agree. really has been. Jace, anything for you on for Sissoko? Because, again, I think at the start of it, Jace, you were always one of the ones that said, look, got to give the guy time. Can't keep getting on his back. He's a Spurs player. Get behind him.
2: Yeah, I'm pleased to see the improvements he's made. i, I, I you know, having defended him more than most, I would still say the level we're seeing from him now is the minimum level we should expect. I, I don't think he's having great games. He's having games that, that he should be having. But because of his form last year, they look like he's having great games. I think the the biggest difference for him is he's probably sat down over the summer and he we, we, he's, he's seen that France being such a talented side that France are. He's seeing competition in midfield. And I think it's dawn on him, look, if I want to go to that World Cup, Well, let's be fair, France have a great chance to win it. If I want to be part of a World Cup winning side, I have got to sort out my club form. I have got to force my way into this Tottenham side. And when I get in it, I've got to play well to stay in it. And and maybe the pennies drop with him in that respect. And I think because he's now having, he's making a contribution, it it increases the confidence that the other players and Pochettino have around him. But I think the biggest part of the turnaround is probably down to himself rather than, than anything else.
1: Yeah, it really is. Another guy last night, I have to personally mention Eric Dyer's performance. I think it goes under the radar at times. You have to remember this guy has had Wanyama, Dembele, Winks, Soko, all of his side partners this season. I think for me at times, Dyer, he goes unnoticed in there. I thought it was absolutely superb last night. Really is playing well. And again, just kind of come round to you, Ian. Kieran Trippier and Ben Davis. This has to be noted that, season before last, these guys were our backup fullbacks. They're now starting the Champions League... Ben Davis, again, a faultless performance. And Kieran Trippier starts at left-back, ends up right-back. Another assist. He's got Aurier breathing down his neck now, arguably ahead of him. But this doesn't phase him, Ian. He just is cracking on. I mean, what a great attitude from both these full-backs.
0: Exactly. And I think that, you know, with, 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 with Ben Davis and, and, and Kieran Trippier, I think they realised when they come in that initially they they may all all have played second fiddle. Rose and, and and Walker as it was now, I think I think when when Rose is fit, he might struggle to get back in, mm-hmm. and I think that yep. and I think that with and, and with Trippio, you know, it, it's 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 blindingly obvious to everyone that bless him, you know, he, he only uses his left leg to stand on. <laughs> so, you know, let let let's 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 hopefully try and provide him with a, with with a platform which enables him to. To, to get those crosses in for, for, for Kane and, and Alley because that supply line last year and, and and even last night you know from from Trippier's crosses into Kane was 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 quite a, a productive one for us yeah and and, and and as for Ben Davis you know we all we I think we've all in the past thought is he ever going to cut the mustard is he going to mm. be someone that that will deliver for us well I think that you know, as as, as as somebody that we all thought of as, as an understudy, as, as, as now state to claim to be at least an, an equal, if, if not better, because, you know, I, I think that his he, he seems to be a bit more of an intelligent player because he's not maybe blessed with, with, with blinding pace. And if you're not blessed with blinding pace, then you have to use your intelligence to get you into the positions that you need to be. Yeah. And and I think and I think that that, that, that Davis has, has has come on leaps and bounds. Yeah. And yeah. I think that yeah, and I think that you know we we've all said before about Kieran Trippier that you know would he have made the England squad under another manager apart from Pochettino? I think I think maybe not. So yeah. it it just goes to show that 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 if if you are a young, you know, hungry, um, you know, either English or or, or or any other country's talent who wants to break into their national side, then come and sign for Spurs because you know, the the current manager is is is, is the one that, that that's sort of doing it for us and doing it for those players. Yeah. And and yeah, indeed. you know, and and going back to what we were saying, you know, what what a lot of the press have been saying about our players, you know, I'm more concerned about keeping our manager than, than some of the players.
1: Yeah, well, I agree, Ian. I mean, you look at last <laughs> night, we've said it before, the, the first team players we had out, you know, Wanyama, Eriksson, Deli Ali, you know, key players, Musa Dembele, still with the likes of, you know, Danny Rose to return and Eric Lamella. And, you know, like I say, we're on Europe's top table, 1-3-0. You can't ask for much more than that. Chase, I just want to get your thoughts on Trippier and Davies, because we talk about, in football, a lot about attitude and you know the mentality, but these guys, like I said earlier, it doesn't seem to phase these guys. They just crack on. You don't ever hear about a moment's problem about them kicking up a fuss that they're not being selected ahead of someone else. I mean, why can't we get that attitude in football as a whole? Because it's brilliant to see it, Jace. especially when it's your players as well.
2: Yeah, the, the the attitudes that they've shown is is terrific, and the attitude, particularly of of them, compared to the the, the little summer rank we saw of of Danny Rose, there's <laughs> not too big a contrast on that, is there? But um, as you say, they both look intelligent enough, boys. They both know their roles. I think at Tottenham, that's important. That with players like that, you sit down with them when you sign them, and you you do properly explain it to them. And, and maybe that was part of the problem with Moses Isogo. He just thought at thirty million, I'll be a guaranteed first-team start, and, and found it it wasn't like that at Tottenham. So you know, if, if you get the the explanation of of what you, and your demands of them clearly laid down, I think that's what makes a big difference. And those players, I think, have bought into to everything that's been told of them, and, and it shows in, in their performances.
1: Yeah, and again, another guy last night, we're not going to have much time to speak about him, but Davinson Sanchez, you know, this guy, <laughs> club record signing, came in, has really hit the ground running, looked superb last night, another fantastic performance from him. Just want to get your thoughts, guys, as we round up the game. Going to come over to you, Jamie. That That's back-to-back games v Real Madrid coming our way now. That's nine goals and six points ahead of Dortmund after two games. That win could be really, really crucial against Apoel, and to think, really, could they get a point or more versus Dortmund themselves? What's your thoughts on that?
3: I think, um, obviously, in this group, the the whole key is getting the, all six points against Apoir. I think that's really important for, especially um, Tottenham and Dortmund. Um, but for us against Madrid, I think the important thing is just getting anything out of the either game. Because, obviously, at the moment, we're six points clear of Dortmund... Um, And obviously, if we were to get a point against Madrid in one of the games, then that even if they were to win both, they wouldn't be catching us. So, I think um, it's going to be really important. Um, well, obviously, it's going to be important against the Madrid games, but um, if we can get anything out of them, even a point um, from six, that'd be oh, yeah, that would be brilliant.
1: Yeah, Jace, is that how you see it from Jamie's perspective? What do you think?
2: Well, I think it would know, be just fantastic to get something from one of those two Madrid games. But um, I thought Applewell last night, they, they showed enough going forward that if, if Dortmund go there and, and don't take Applewell seriously, there's no reason why Applewell couldn't get something from, from that game. Because, uh, as I say, they, they, gave us, they gave us enough moments of, of discomfort to, to think that there's no reason why they can't do that to Dortmund. So, you know, fingers crossed, wouldn't it be fantastic if, if they can nick something from Dortmund?
1: Yeah, really would be. And just to say, following up on that game, it was Tottenham Hotspur's sixth successive away game for the first time since the double winning side that we've won. So absolutely tremendous. And six goals in the Champions League group stage from just eight shots on target. Clinical Tottenham this year. So Maurizio Pochettino's thoughts post-match. He says that he doesn't want to use any other description like that of Harry Kane other than love because his wife was so jealous and as was Harry Kane's. He says that he expects Kane to score because it's September. No, he thinks that he's had unbelievable skill in front of goal and he's been absolutely brilliant. Those were the thoughts from Maurizio Pochettino. Guys, as always, we ask you to get your questions into us every single week. You can do that by tweeting our Twitter account of at lastwordonspurs, leaving your question with the hashtag LWOS. Now, I'm going to come first to you, Ian, tonight. We are. Literally push for time. We've got a lot to fit in, so if you can, in terms of one of these questions I'm going to ask you, wrap it up for us as soon as that'll be great. We've got a question here from Mark Butcher at Mark B three three eight one, who says, "Why are the media so desperate to try and sell the likes of Delielli and Harry Kane?" Right. I'm going to I'm
0: going to sum this up quickly based, you. on your, <laughs> based on your based on your instructions. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I I genuinely. Believe that we are not perceived as part of the the big gang. Um, we saw it a bit with Leicester. You know, Leicester were tolerated, I think, when they won the league. And I just think, you know, you see all the graphics that uh, that come out of, of the top of, of the top managers. And and sometimes I see these graphics, and you know, they they don't seem to have Pochettino shown. As mm. one of the managers, all the rest are. Good point, yeah. Uh, and you know, and and when it comes to it, it, it made my blood boil the other day when, when you know, a, a, a certain um, ex England footballer on one of these, these these television programs, said that Harry Kane needs to move to a bigger club, and then he mentioned Manchester United, and I'm thinking, why would you want to go to a club that's finished below yours? in the last couple of seasons. How can that be seen as a big club? You know, Tottenham are a big club. And I think it's about time that 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 we you know we, we consolidated that that big club tag by consistently getting into the, the, the Champions League and starting to win trophies.
1: You have to consider as well this summer that I think it's well in the public eye that you know we did have a bid for eric dyer we firmly turned down from manchester united so we have shown some ambition to try and keep our players i think we all know walker was a side separate issue we don't need to approach that we've got Aurier in for cheaper who could argue look like a better player younger as well so we'll look forward to seeing how he gets on in the next couple of weeks let's bring it around to you jace we've got a question here from zoe pearson another cracker of a question from Zoe, always good questions she says could a potential midfield option be Dyer and Wanyama, with concerns over Dembele's long-term future. Can they both play together? Jason, can I ask you the same? Anyway, keep me a short and sweet
2: for us. I think they both played together at Hull last year. We won 7-1. That's a good point, so, yeah. So, uh, it, it, it suggests we can. But I don't think going forward, that's that's the ideal thing. I, I think you do want a, a little bit more creativity than, than both of them can offer. And I, I think Winks and Dyer, Dembele Dyer, Barkley Dyer or any of them with Wanyama is, is definitely your better
1: appearance. Jamie, we're going to come to you next. We've got a cut of questions on Soko. I'm going to try and round them into one. We've got a question here from Chris Brown at 1882. <laughs> Just what has Poch done to improve Soko so much? And Z-Man asks as well, is it Poch's magic touch? What do you think, Jamie?
3: Um, well, I think I think the key thing is really um, is his position. I think his favourite position is um, more centrally, I think. When we signed him, I was hoping that he would be signed as like a number 10 or someone that can play just in behind Harry Kane. Um, I just don't think he has the skill set to play on the wing. Um, and I just, I think, I think he, he's just suited to playing in the um, centre of the park. I mean, the way he can carry the ball forward sometimes uh, is more suited to a central role. Um, so I think the positional wise, moving into the middles played a big factor. Um, and of course, as I mentioned, it's, it's confidence. You know, I think him having a uh, full pre season um, and, as I said, uh, playing in the right position, his favourite position, it's just all contributed to uh, making him, you know, the, the solid player he's been this season.
1: Yeah, I agree. He has been. I mean, we can't argue this season he has really stepped up and we're seeing it week upon week. But I think like Jay has said on this podcast, we have to remember at the moment we are seeing what may be considered the bare minimum performance we're seeing from Tissoko. We need to see it week upon week. It needs to get better. Fingers crossed it will. I'm going to come back round to you, Jay, on this question. A couple of them. um, Firstly, Hugo Lloris, his distribution... I think we have to pull it up a little bit the other night. Again, it wasn't so great. And also, Jace, two questions. How beneficial do you think the change in formation was when we went from a back three to a back four? So a couple of questions there, Jace. You
2: able to give us your thoughts on those? I think it was beneficial having that tactical change because it just meant we had players playing in their, their best and more natural positions. And I, as I say, I think when you have square pegs in round holes, it always disrupts your performances. So going back to normality definitely had a big impact and we controlled the game, I thought, thereafter. Uh, Hugo's distribution, is we see it every week, don't we? And, um, oh God, if he does that against Real Madrid, we're in big trouble. Mm. But it's what stops him, for me, being the world-class goalkeeper. And, you know, again, controversially, I know, not wishing to criticise our players, but it's why, for me, David De is probably the best goalkeeper in the Premier League over the top of him, because it is... It's a big weakness of his. It's it's not just an, an occasional thing. It, it's it's a really big one, and I, I don't understand why why four or five years on with with uh, with the same goalkeeping coach they haven't sorted it out.
1: What do you think, Ian? Just bringing you into that because I think Jay makes a valid point there. This has been so that has been ongoing for a while with regards to loris's distribution. I mean, apart from that, really, very little you can criticise him on. But it is. We've seen it, Ian, regularly, that this lapsing concentration, no, he can't be perfect, but surely there's got to be improvement in this area.
0: There has. Um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm going to put my tongue firmly in my cheek again. I just wonder if, if Hugo sometimes gets bored and loses, and loses a little bit of concentration when it's required. Because often there are huge tracks of the game where he's not involved at all, mm. And, and I know that's the mark of a good goalkeeper in that you've got to be switched on and, and I'm going to echo Jason's thoughts about David De Gea. I think that overall he's a better goalkeeper than Hugo. Okay. But you know, I think that Hugo has to sort of perhaps get on a training pitch with, with, with the goalkeeping coach and, and 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 work through these because he can do it. You know, it's, it's, it's just that, you know, sometimes he has that little bit of rush of blood to the head like we saw yesterday. Um, and, and, he, and he sort of like often gets us to get away with something. Whereas I think that the West Ham game at the weekend, he come flying out and got his head to the ball, you know, just before one of the West Ham players. So it's, 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 it's fine and narrow margins being a goalkeeper.
2: Yeah, it is indeed. One minute you're a um, hero, next um, you're a villain. Go on, Jase. The, th- the only thing is, and being bored in a game is no excuse for it, you know. No, I know. Top goalkeepers do go through games where they have very little to do, and, and the top ones don't let it affect them. You know, right, Manuel exactly. Neuer, Harvey yeah. has a thing to do does he? And, and, you know, you don't see that from from the really best.
1: He's a what? fantastic
2: goalkeeper in every other aspect.
0: Other than distribution. I can acknowledge Ian's oh, 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 point. I know what you mean Ian. Go on, carry on. All I would all I would say about Neuer is that I've seen him have some real aberrations in the past. Mm. You know, when 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 he's come up against uh, a team that's worked you know, that's worked Bayern out. You know, if 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 I was going to come up against a Bayern a Bayern Munich with Neuer, in, I I'd, I'd just turn around and try and put somebody, you know, as high up the pitches as, as, as we could, and told them to to nullify him and when you do that you know and, and if you if you put him under great pressure I have seen Neuer have some have some have some aberrations but you know I understand totally what what, what Jason has said you know it's no excuse and, and I did and I did say at the beginning it was said with my tongue firmly in my cheek you know it, it, it's something that, that 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 our Hugo has to has to get out of his system to take him to the to to, to what would be a, a, a world-class goalkeeper.
1: Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's fingers crossed Hope Tony Jimenez is on that training ground with him tomorrow, today. Hopefully, working on that with him. Jamie, we'll get you very quickly on your thoughts on this. What what are you making of the boys' thoughts? David de Gea better goalkeeper than
3: Hugo Lloris. Would you agree with that? Um. Yeah. I mean, in terms of shot stopping, I think that's the one area where Lloris is strongest. Um. We're on the his distribution. I'd say, perhaps it's worked in our favour because. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Lloris, um potentially moving away. Um, so perhaps, I mean, a lot of the top clubs like Barcelona require their keepers to be um, really good with their feet and obviously that's the area that he's not so strong with. So mm. perhaps it's worked in our favour, but, you know, it's, it's just, it is, it is baffling to wondering why, you know, it's not been sorted out. I mean, you'd think a top player like that would be able to perhaps work on it and improve on it, but... It's just it's just it's never been yes, it's never been it's always been a weakness for him.
1: It has indeed, it has indeed, isn't it? It really has. But fingers crossed they are gonna be working on it as we um we need him to. We've got Real Madrid coming up soon and I think Jace, like you just said a couple of moments ago, we made those mistakes against those kind of clubs. They will punish us. They will be ruthless because, you know, we're dealing with clubs that are clinical at the highest level. So it will be interesting to see that. Talking about Madrid, Jase, the come back round to you, we've got Michael Chivers at Chive, Turkey 84 Final question of tonight, Who says, I'd like to know your thoughts on how the Real Madrid games will go. They are beatable, as we've seen in the Liga, but there seems to be a fear around them. Would you go along, along with that, Jase?
2: I don't know if it's if it's fear or just respect for for everything they've achieved in the last few years. I mean, you know, they've won three of the last four Champions League finals. Um, they, they are a wonderful side, full of of genuinely world class players. They won four hundred goals? So I, th- I think the whole combination of things that they have about them makes you makes you be in awe of them almost as much as fear. I, I, I can't. I don't fear that game. I'm really looking forward to it for a number of reasons. But I think the one thing that we'll take from those games is that Real Madrid are the most streetwise or game-crafty team there is. They can suck you into fouls. They can manipulate referees. They know how to dictate the tempo of a game. And I think if we can learn, just learn something from those games, regardless of the results, just take some of that game craft from them and apply that week in, week out, that'll be enough to get us over the line in one or two trophy hunts.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. Ian, going to come around to you very quickly for your thoughts on that game against Madrid. Very exciting games to come. What? Do you, how do you see them going?
0: Oh, as, as as Peter Crouch sort of joked on social media a while ago. You know, as long as we don't have some idiot who gets himself sent <laughs> off after ten minutes, then you know we've got a bit of a chance. But um, you know, I, I, you know, I do agree totally with 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 what Jason has just said. You know, it is going to it is going to be an, a, a, a situation where we either go there to learn, or we do what you know some some clubs have tried to do in the past, and you go there to try and upset their their their, their rhythm, and 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 not be that respectful of them. You know. There's this the, 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 that can often backfire, but sometimes you have to go and play your own game against a team like that to, 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 to stand any chance of getting something out of the game. Yep. I think if we, you know we've always said in the past if you try and match them you know, you know man for man, then I, I think we may well come unstuck because if you go through their starting 11 and you go through our starting 11, you know, there's, there's maybe only one or two positions in that, that where you'd say that, that we were perhaps stronger. So it is, is going to be something where you know a bit like the the, the the Chelsea home game last year, where 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 we're going to have to be clinical and we're going to have to win all our battles on the pitch on the night. Um, so it's going to be tough, um, but let's. But I know you know, I think that from what we've seen of, of Pochettino, he'd have certainly have done his own work.
1: Yeah, I agree. Fingers crossed. Jamie, very quickly coming to you. We're going to move on to Huddersfield in literally a
3: second, but beatable Real Madrid? Very quickly, what's your thoughts? Uh, definitely, yeah. I was, I was just thinking that, um, I mean, just recently, they've lost 1-0 to Celta Vigo, so it just mm. shows you that they are beatable and you've got to remember that. Um, and playing them at the right time. They're, you know, struggling for form in the Liga at the moment. So, I think we can go and be in positive, and as I said, it's just about anything more than a point from the six. I think that would be it'll be very much considered a success.
1: Yeah, I agree. Guys, thank you so much for all of your questions. As always, if you want to get involved with the Last Word on Spurs podcast, all you've got to do is tweet us at our Twitter account of Spurs, leaving your question with the hashtag LWOS. Come and join the live debate with us guys all the time. Really enjoy it. Right. Jason, back round to you. Let's preview Huddersfield then. So, what changes, Jace, do you envisage us to make with the game being an early kickoff Saturday afternoon? We know Dembele's touch-and-go. Who else, Jace, do you see coming in, going out of that team?
2: I think Vertonghen and Ali come back. Um, Trippier goes over because of the suspension onto the, to the right. Um, and I think Sonny didn't, didn't particularly have his best game for us last night, so I think Ali comes in there. And, um, and and Ericsson presumably, if he's over his illness, will be back. So I think there will be changes, and it's a question then if Ericsson comes back, is, is, is do you leave Sissoko out or do you leave Winks out? And he may well go with Sissoko in there rather than the Winks at the moment because Sissoko's just just seems to have been the, the go-to man in the, the first few weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, staggering, isn't it, Chase? To think you're saying this now. I mean, I, I think if we recorded this four or five weeks ago, you'd be like, ah. Huh? It's just crazy how football changes. Ian, coming over to you. Do you go alongside that? Any other changes you would see Potts making?
0: No, I think that um, I think I think Jason's nailed uh, what I think will be the the, the, the starting eleven. You know, I definitely see if 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 Ericsson's over his little illness, I think he'll be back. You know, Ali uh, and Vatongan, you know, alongside in, in a back three with, with Davis on the left and and Trippier and on the right.
1: Yeah. Going to come round to you, Jamie, just on the team, very quickly, Huddersfield, they've got six, they've played six games, nine points on the ball for them, conceded five, scored six already, they've started pretty well, Jamie, to the Premier League, not going to be an easy game up there, is it? I think we're the first top six clubs going up there to their play, so you kind of get the feeling up there, they're going to try and make it, I wouldn't say intimidating, but they're going to try and obviously create an atmosphere.
3: Yeah, absolutely, I think they've obviously, as you said, they made a good start, so, um, I mean, uh, again, it's an away game and um, obviously right now we've been <laughs> we've been fantastic playing away. So, I think we can be optimistic um, in that sense. Um, yeah, I, I, I think obviously with the players we've got coming back, the likes of Atong um, Ericsson and Ali, as we mentioned, I think, look, we've got the quality to beat them. And I think if we just play the way that we usually do, then I think really, uh, you know, it should we should be getting all three points here, I think. Yeah. Come on, Jamie. Let's get a prediction from you then. Um, I'm going to say 3-1. I'm going to say Harry Kane's going to get um, 2. And I reckon that Ali will score 1.
1: OK, that'd be nice to Danny Ali getting back on that score sheet. Bit of mm-hmm. Been a while. That's exactly been a while. He scored in Barnes the other week, but fans won't have that. They'll want it in the Premier League, typically. Yeah. Uh, but let's come back out of you, Jason. Let's get a prediction from you for Saturday afternoon.
2: I'm going to go for a, a, a well-within-ourselves, comfortable but maybe not as thrilling 2-0 type of win. OK. Thurry professional, Jace, can, We'll take that. Can I, can I just have a, have a little pop at John Mannings for his uh, his little tweet last night when he, he said to us, I can't see this being 2-0 or 3-0 like Jace predicted on the pod.
1: <laughs> we got so, we had a winner. We had a winner, Jase. We, it we finally
2: had a winner, John. So it was 3-0. So you owe me a beer, mate.
1: <laughs> and finally, having the last word on Spurs tonight goes to you, Ian. What's your prediction?
0: for Saturday I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs 2-1 Spurs we have to grind it out Ian are we yeah I think that um, as, as we've said they'll be up for it you know I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to to going up there so um, you know let, 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 let's hope that I've, I've, I don't have another good day out sport by the football
1: well fingers crossed fingers crossed you don't Ian thank you so much for coming on tonight it's been a real pleasure having you back on
0: you're welcome
1: and Jamie thanks again for coming on to the show really enjoyed
3: having you no, thank you very much for having me, and hopefully, we can continue our fantastic away form.
1: Yes, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And, Jace, we're back on Monday night, aren't we?
2: Yep, let's hope it's a good weekend for everyone.
1: Yep, fingers crossed. Well, guys, like I said, we are going to be back on Monday night, hopefully, looking back on another Tottenham Hotspur away win. Just for now, as always, come on, you Spurs! No, no, but uh, no,
3: I'm, I try and score every game, and uh, obviously, there's a bonus when I, when I get free.